And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the Crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. It's pretty funny. I saw my little cousin earlier today. She looked at me and she said, I haven't seen you in a while. Looks like you got an afro. <laughs> you need a haircut. Well, you know what? I might just go see Skip myself. Although my guy Skip's on vacation. But either way, shout out to Skip. Got to go check the crew at Clean Cuts. Huge shouts to them for obviously supporting the podcast. And huge shouts to you guys for tuning in to this the Wrap It Up podcast as the Raptors win a, a weird game, 111-98 over LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. As I mentioned, this was a weird game. Raptors shot 39% in this game. On was just on O-Pilot the whole game. Looked like Kyle Kuzma might have enjoyed King Street last night a little bit too much. I'll just leave it there without getting into too much detail. But what a weird game. There was no flow. So many turnovers. At certain points, it seemed like there'd be fast break, fast break, fast break, and then just jacking up threes and just bricking threes. This game looked like a YMCA run that two teams just had nothing to play for. And they didn't really care about the game. It was just a gym run. But either way, hey, Raptors won. They improved to 20-7 and against the Western Conference. 49-20 and overall this season. And it's one of those things that I always say what the Raptors record is. Because sometimes there's a lot of overanalyzing what's going on with this season. And I know that sounds weird for me to say as I do a Raptors post-game show podcast. But what I mean by that is everything is okay in Raptors land. There's still time to figure all these things out. Minor tweaks you got to make before the playoffs. But at the end of the day, you're talking about the team with the second best record right now in the entire league. And the best part about the team is that you have moments like this. You have games like this where Kyle Lowry's kind of banged up. He kind of rolled his ankle at the end of that Cavs game. So he was listed as doubtful for the majority of the day. He didn't end up playing. We know about the Serge Ibaka fight. Serge Ibaka's out. He sat today for the first of his three games that he suspended for. We also know that Danny Green was also banged up, but Danny Green ended up playing. Bottom line is, when you watch a game like this with the Toronto Raptors, you realize the depth that this team has, that they can sustain these injuries and still win games on a night-to-night basis. Again, this was a super ugly game. Kawhi Leonard came out in this game. Kawhi Leonard gave 25 points, 8 of 20 shooting, but he also gave you 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Not bad, right? Pascal Siakam. I kind of feel like Nick Nurse's MO during this game was to stagger, like, obviously Kawhi and Siakam were the starters, they got a lot of minutes, but there was always going to be one of those two guys on the court at all times. And Siakam kind of looked like he struggled in this game a lot. Like, he shot 3 for 16 for only 16 points. And 16 points was because he did a good job. I got to give him credit here for getting to the line. Again, 
to get 16 points on 3 of 16 shooting, but he was 10 of 12 from the free throw line. And the one thing we talk about all the time is the reason why the Raptors are successful is because they have a bunch of guys on their team that even if they're not scoring or the shooting numbers aren't that good, they're going to find other ways to contribute. So if Kawhi shoots 8 of 20, well, you look up, Kawhi still has 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Siakam, as we mentioned, he shot 3 of 16 in this game. Siakam still found a way to get to the line 12 times, but also 6 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks. He's still all over the place. The one thing about Pascal Siakam in this game, though, was sometimes he seemed a little bit out of control. And these are things that, just minor tweaks that we've been talking about for the whole year, but it's kind of the gift and the curse. It's just more magnified in a game like this because obviously with just him and Kawhi, there's going to be a lot more attention on Siakam. Add that to the fact that the scouting report's out on this guy by now. He's not going to surprise many teams. So teams are going to be ready for him. So he just kind of has to slow down and make the next adjustment, kind of like he did at the start of the year. Because remember, start of the year, Siakam was out here with the spin move. You couldn't touch the spicy pea spin move. He was cooking with that. And then teams made the adjustment. And then he came with the counter, which you kind of saw he had the Euro step, or he'd do the fake spin into the lane and make moves. You've seen him add the three-point shot be a lot more consistent. Now, the three-point shot wasn't there tonight, but overall, you've seen him develop that part of his game. And as we get closer to the playoffs, as the playoffs just become about my best players versus your best players, because there's not going to be any surprises, this is where the next adjustment is going to have to come for Pascal Siakam. And this game, he struggled, and that's okay. That's just the growing pains of what happens in the NBA when the scouting report just starts to get out. It's about, can you make the next adjustment? That's how you differentiate yourself from the great players like Kawhi Leonard, right, to the next level of stars and superstars. There's levels to it, as we say all the time on the pod, right? But Pascal Siakam still found other ways to contribute. Shouts to him for that. Mark Gasol was also a huge factor in this game in the sense that a lot of Raptors fans, a lot of people surrounding the team have been waiting to see how Gasol was going to fit in. Obviously, with Serge out of the lineup for the next three games, there's going to be an even bigger focus on Gasol. I don't know if he got a little banged up there because I felt like he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter, and he only played 26 minutes in this game. Now, did they really need him? No, of course not. But you saw enough to at least see some positives, see a lot of positives. They mentioned it during the broadcast, but Nick Nurse over the past few days has been talking about how he wants Gasol to be a lot more aggressive, to take a lot of those shots that he's been turning down. And he attempted four threes in this game, which Nick Nurse wants him to shoot four to five threes per game. But even with that said, he still passed up even more threes than he could have taken. And that's okay, because that's the nature of his shot. That's the nature of his game. He's a very unselfish player. But overall, not a bad night from from, uh, Marcus Gasol. There were moments where it looked shaky, but that's just the growing pains of, you know, you kind of saw some passes that were a little bit off. The connection wasn't really there between him and whether it was either Danny Green or Kawhi Leonard. And it went both ways. If... Gasol was the one going to the basket. The pass was a little bit off. 
Where does he like the ball on an entry pass? These are just little things that are going to take time to get used to. How's he going to like the ball? Where's he going to like the ball? Rolling towards a basket or just resetting for his post up? It's just little things. It's not going to, it's not a big deal. I'm not really worried. I still think he will be a huge contributor for the Raptors come playoff time because, again, this speeding up and down, it's not going to happen in the playoffs. It never does. The game will be slowed down. The possessions will matter so much more. And once he gets comfortable, once, again, I'm using Serge Ibaka as the example here because this year something clearly has clicked with the rest of the Toronto Raptors, but most importantly with Kyle Lowry and Serge, meaning they know where Serge likes the ball. Serge, anywhere near that elbow spot, it's money. If it took them that long to get used to Serge, of course it's not going to happen with Gasol in just 10 games. It's natural. So to see Gasol get 15 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists in this game, also 2 steals from your big man, your center, that's a solid game. You got to take that. You got to take that for sure. Good night for Marcus Gasol. But maybe the, the biggest night or the best sign for the Toronto Raptors was Norman Powell coming off the bench. Norman Powell's had, I'd want to say, a good year. More good than bad, for sure, from Norm this season. But this was definitely one of his best games. Came off the bench, gave major energy, which was needed, especially with Danny Green getting into early foul trouble. And Norm delivered 20 points on 7 of 14 shooting. 3 of 6 from 3, and early on in this game, the way that Norman Powell was just shooting the 3 with confidence, he just looked really good. The shot was was money. I think I tweeted during the game, you wasn't with me shooting jumpers in the gym. And that's just how Norm had the flow going. He was just so confident. He started off 4 of 5 to start this game, had a game-high 12 points after 1, and he continued that, finishing with, as I mentioned, 20 points in this game and getting a lot of minutes with the starters. And just a good performance there. Also, Danny Green, as we mentioned, was banged up coming into this game. So Danny Green only having to play 19 minutes, that's good for the Raptors. That's very good. Because it's kind of like, obviously he didn't rest, but he was able to get some rest. Not bad. Good look for Norman Powell tonight as well. OG was all right. Patrick McCaw. I think Patrick McCaw is moving more and more towards stealing Jeremy Lin's minutes until Fred comes back. The reason I say that is because Jeremy Lin did not look good in this game at all. And he's missing wide open threes. He's turning over the ball. He doesn't look confident when he's dribbling the ball or ball handling at all. And it's just not a good look. And at least Patrick McCaw, bare minimum, he's showing you that he can hit the wide open three and also when he comes into the game, every single time he's picking up the other team's point guard full court. And that at least changes the pace. That makes a point guard have to do a little extra more work, throws the offense a little bit out of sync. But he does such a good job of getting into passing lanes, making things difficult for the opposing teams. So at least you're getting that from him. Whereas Jeremy Lin, if he's not knocking down shots... If he's not productive driving to the basket as he wasn't in this game, a lot of drives, a lot of turnovers. He wasn't just com he wasn't confident with the ball. And if Jeremy Lin's doing that, I'd much rather see minutes go to McCaw. But hey, end of the day, Jeremy Lin, nine points, four of nine shooting, one of five from three, seven rebounds. He was active. He was on the glass. He was making things work. 
got to give them a bunch of credit for that. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get to the chat because there's a lot of things. I mean, let's be serious. This wasn't a great game. So it's not like there's that much greatness from this game to break down LeBron James in a gym run. Like LeBron just looked like, honestly, he woke up from the, the pregame nap, took off the do-rag, <laughs> and it was just 29-6-4 on 12 of 23 shooting. Like he just did that in his sleep. Like he sleepwalked to that stat line in this game. Meanwhile, Kuzma, seven points, just killing my fantasy team right now in the playoffs. But I know. Nobody cares about my fantasy team, right? Uh, again, Raptors win. 111-98 over the Los Angeles Lakers as their terrible season continues. And the funny thing to me, while I'm uh, the whole time watching this Lakers, this Lakers team, just watching it thinking, like, really? Kuzma, McGee, Rondo, and Bullock. That was a starting lineup with LeBron. And to take it a step further, if it wasn't for Alex Caruso, and how many people knew who Alex Caruso was before this game started? Serious question. I would assume that Chuck wouldn't know. Chuck Barkley doesn't know who Alex Caruso is. He would definitely be a who-he-play-for all-star. But Alex Caruso came out gunning in this game. And without Alex Caruso, Lakers probably get blown out in the first half. He had 16 points in this game on 5 of 7 shooting. Just off basic, this is how I know this was a gym run for the Raptors. Caruso was getting off. Dudes weren't playing defense on him. He was just getting easy layups, back cutting. It was just super easy for him. That's what kind of made the game close. But ultimately, I'm looking at the Lakers roster, and man, that team, the team is not very good. <laughs> like, even those guys playing at the peak of their powers, that team is not good. Caldwell Pope, I don't know who gassed him, but that guy shoots threes like he was taking threes with confidence like he's Ray Allen and continued to brick them. <laughs> My guy Timmy Haggs in the chat says, Caruso's be nice, bro. <laughs> All right. Sure. <laughs> Again, shouts for the sarcastic bro. But, I mean, Caldwell Pope was one of eight from three in this game. And he just kept firing away as if, like, he hit the last four. The Lakers are not a good team, like not at all. And it's been funny to watch how their season just went up in flames. And I know a lot of the blame goes to LeBron and LeBron disrupting the team or trying to trade for Anthony Davis. But as mentioned on our, I'm going to make a plug here for our ball on blast podcast, which uh, went live actually this morning as in Thursday morning, which you can still find same place. You're finding this podcast, either on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google play, YouTube, all those fun places, just search On Blast Podcast. But on our Ball On Blast Podcast, we we broke down, myself and my guy Andrew Webster, we talked about the Lakers season and what's gone wrong and just the fact that it's injuries. Once LeBron missed those 17 games or 18 games, whatever it was, it was lights out for them. But it wasn't just LeBron. Uh, they mentioned the stat earlier on in this game as well. And it was basically the Lakers have only played, I want to say, 23 games with LeBron, Ingram, and Lonzo Ball. And if those are supposed to be, yeah, here we are. The Lakers, <laughs> the Lakers, Ingram, LeBron, and Lonzo Ball played just 23 games this season. And the Lakers were 15 and 8 during those games. 23 games. And so if Kuzma or Ingram, like let's say that's three of who are supposed to be your top four players, 
and they only played 23 games together, what chances does that Lakers team have? But, hey, I understand. I get it. Let's blame LeBron, the guy in year 16 that's walking out to score 27, 8, and 8 every single night. But, yeah, let's ask the old man to play defense and be the point guard in year whatever, right? I don't know. Anyways, it, the other part I want to bring up, too, if I don't know if anyone else noticed this on the broadcast, the crowd even seemed weird. There were a lot of Lakers fans, which I remember being the case from the Kobe Bryant days, but didn't know if that would carry over. It's been a couple years without Kobe, and obviously the Lakers have been trashed since. But there's been a whole, uh, I want to say, civil war going on between Lakers fans and how they react to LeBron James now being on the Lakers. And really, this is because the endless debate was always Kobe versus LeBron. So by default, Lakers fans were learned to hate LeBron, but now LeBron's on the Lakers. So a lot of Lakers fans are confused. But in this game, watching the raps broadcast, I felt like I was hearing a lot of fans cheering for the Lakers, which I found really weird. Seemed like a Hollywood crowd, like it was super quiet, like this was the, you know, price jacked up because LeBron and the Lakers were in town, so all the suits decided, hey, we got to go to this game tonight. That's kind of the crowd, you know, it's kind of quiet. And anytime, too, when you notice it's the third quarter and those lower bowl seats are all empty, <laughs> right? That's the, that's the you know, prices were real high on StubHub. The scalpers went home happy tonight because the prices were up. Weird crowd tonight. Weird game overall. But again, shouts to people tuning in live on SoundCloud, or sorry, live on Twitter, at Shell Alexander, which we could take your comments there, of course, and also Instagram. <laughs> shout to the people on instagram uh but first i'll start on twitter someone says r.i.p lebronto <laughs> is that a thing a raptors fan still hurt by lebronto <laughs> that was a i mean when that happened the lebron hitting that jump shot what lebron did to the raps the past three years in the playoffs the straight and utter disrespect in which he dismantled the team and sweeping them the past two years out of the playoffs that still leave a mark or are, are Raptors fans still hurt by that supposedly that's the first comment on Twitter here RIP Lebronto let's go to Instagram see what people are saying over there let me just scroll up to the top there's a lot of comments here shouts to the people that have filtered in so far <laughs> first comment here on Instagram from Len says I feel bad for Lebron not <laughs> All right. Uh, Austin says the TNT halftime didn't say a word about Toronto. Guys, ladies and gents, children of all ages, I'm preaching this to you this year more than ever. I would say it in years past, but I can't emphasize it enough this year in the year when the Raptors are actually really 1000% legit. TNT will be talking about you come playoff time because the Raptors are going to make a deep run. That is when TNT will be forced to talk about the Raptors. Because the reality is they're not watching the Raptors game in and game out because they're watching whatever game is on ESPN, which for the most part is in the Raptors. Now, it's been more so this year. There's been a lot more games on TNT or NBA TV players only or even ESPN. But still, the respect in terms of the second best team overall in the league that also has Kawhi Leonard, one of the top 
what, five to seven players in the entire NBA. That respect hasn't fully come yet. It's a process. It's a process. It's coming. And the brand recognition of the Raptors, I know I say this as I wear an OVO hoodie that I was wearing today that coincided with, obviously, the rebranding of the Raptors practice facility. And I know a lot of people kind of don't get that or don't understand what the the brand what the brand is strong means <laughs> those that know that was one of those lines that if you know you know about the brand is strong but what i'm trying to say here is that as the raptors become more of a thing all these little things that they're doing with OVO and with Drake all these little things help all these little things help because it means that it comes across Americans' timelines on Twitter, on Instagram, it's on Worldstar, it's being posted on whatever. All those, you know, blog posts and blog sites today, we're all going to put that out there. Practice jerseys. When have you ever seen practice jerseys get tweeted out? Masai said they're going to be the first team that have made their practice jerseys matter. People are going to buy those practice jerseys and be rocking them in the summer at their cottages. Like, that's going to be a thing across the country. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. It's just called branding. It's just the brand is strong. Nothing wrong with that. Just more strategic marketing, for lack of a better term, by the Toronto Raptors. And I get that people don't understand it. But here's the thing. It's 2019. Now more than ever, everything is about a niche, meaning whatever you're into, you can find that. Gone are the days where you have these things that appeal to everybody because the world doesn't work like that anymore. If I like blank, I can find people talking about blank. And if that's not for you, that's okay. So this whole Drake thing and the link with the Raptors, there's not a negative side to it at all. Also, I know people don't realize these things, but there's a lot of different rumors that filter out from time to time. And one of the things that slid under the radar was there was talk that the Raptors and LeBron James sniffed around each other during the offseason before LeBron signed with the Lakers. Now, what does that mean? Hey, they probably checked in with each other, probably did their due diligence just to see where each side was at. Now, that is something that previously would sound completely ridiculous. But what do we know? We know that LeBron does enjoy the city. We know that he comes every summer for one of the world's biggest festivals in terms of Carabana. We know LeBron's here for a week during the summer every single year. We know that whenever he comes, he's hosting a party because he has relationships built in the city. One of those relationships happened to be with Mr. Aubrey Graham Drake. Now, do we think the Raptors even get to a point where the thought process of LeBron James, even considering, even thinking for a split second about talking to Masai Jiri about joining the Raptors, do we think that even happens without Drake's association with the team? Because I don't think so. You don't think that Kevin Durant at least considered it when the crowd was going crazy at OVO Fest? And I know it's one thing for people to talk about it in terms of seeing a video on their phone, but I was there. 
and the way that people were yelling at that moment. Remember, the Raptors got fined for that when Drake went on the stage trying to recruit KD, telling the fans to get hyped up, to let them know what it would be like if he came to the city while he was watching the concert with DeMar wearing a David Price Blue Jays jersey. Like, do we forget about that? Do we think that those things don't matter? Do we think that these NBA players don't care about things like being in Drake lyrics? Do we think those things don't matter? Or did we not just pay attention to the basketball game that just aired, to which they were going in and out of break with a 2 Chains album that was quote-unquote executive produced by LeBron James? If you don't understand that these cultures of NBA and hip-hop and music and pop culture, which has now become culture, which again, doesn't mean black and white, I say this all the time, doesn't mean black and white, it just means culture. A lot of things might derive from black culture, but it's culture. And if you don't understand that those two things go along, that's cool. And that's okay. It just means it's not for you. But these things exist. And it's real. And the brand, again, is strong. And if you don't know what that line or where it comes from, it just furthers my point that you don't understand this whole situation that I'm talking about. And that, again, that's okay. That is okay. That's all I'm saying. More comments here, though, from Instagram. Let's see. Someone says, if I'm not mistaken, they closed this game without a point guard on the floor. Imagine the old Raptors team without their two PG lineup in the fourth quarter equals an L. We brought this up on a prior podcast in terms of Fred Van Fleet was the third most important Raptor on last year's team. <laughs> How far of a cry is it from this year's team? And that's why I laugh when people try to make the comparisons talking about, oh, well, their record's similar to what it was last year. Oh, like there are people in these chats, and I know I salute everybody that comes into the chat room or comments on YouTube. I salute you all. I appreciate the comments. But one thing I'm seeing a bit too much are people even considering the thought, allowing the thought to enter their mind that last year's team and this year's team is on the same level. It's not even close. It's not a thing. And I'm saying that regardless of what happens come playoff time, this team is just better. Now the teams that they'll have to play in the playoffs are also better, but at the end of the day, it's still a thing where this team is undoubtedly better. I mean, look at this team without Kyle Lowry tonight. You're able to win an NBA game without Kyle Lowry, without really a point guard there are moments where Siakam was like the center point <laughs> ah crazy game for the Raptors uh my guy C Brown says I don't care how many points he got I don't want to hear anything about Norm sorry to disappoint you sorry to disappoint you man but Norm had a great game Norm had a great game me and my guy C Brown go back and forth every day about Norman Powell but Norm it was a plus game for Norman Powell you might even consider him the MVP of tonight's game. He shot the best percentage. He was at 50% in this game. As I mentioned, 20 points, 8 rebounds. Great work off the bench by Norm. <laughs> Another comment, but what has Drake done for the raps, though? <laughs> I see what you're trying to do there. I see what you're trying to do there. All I'm saying is the fact that that video today was everywhere, like Masai Ujiri, flying to London to watch Drake's concert, but also to present him with a key to the practice facility. That's big. It's just major marketing. That's big. That's brand recognition. And if you don't think 
that there are players out there that are coming up in this generation that think Drake is like the man. And if you think that has zero effect on anything, I don't know what to tell you because you're not paying attention. The Raptors had the NBA All-Star game, which for all intents and purposes, I mean, the dunk off really helped, but everyone's going to remember that All-Star game in Toronto because it was freezing cold. But also for that dunk contest, do I wish Drake performed at said NBA All-Star game? Yes, of course I do. But at the end of the day, these are things that put the Raptors on the map in terms of not being a laughing stock. And people keep talking about the fact that, oh, well, if they win, that's what matters the most. The fact that they've been in the playoffs, that's what matters the most. But they say that forgetting the fact that Chris Bosh and the Toronto Raptors made the playoffs two years in a row. And yet that didn't lead to any games on NBA TV or ESPN or TNT. And that Raptors team won games. They lost in the first round. But we started to see that develop where the Raptors slowly got more and more games while they were still taking their first two first-round exits. Remember, by the time they had the team in the second year and they lost that first round to, they got swept by the, the Wizards. At that point, the Raptors' brand already started to hit a little uptick. No? I don't know. I just don't see what the, the negative side of it is. Like, if you really... I mean, if you're really out here trying to rock the BioSteel Raptors practice jerseys, cool, more power to you, man. Maybe we can find some of those. <laughs> more comments, though, on Instagram. I will also give props to Nurse. He gave the bench a chance to play through their mistakes. I agree with that. In the third quarter, there was a bench unit that the Raptors were playing that did not really, they didn't look good at all. Let's just be serious. It was a unit of Siakam, OG, Norm, McCaw, and Malcolm Miller. And they did not do a good job. The Lakers at certain points cut the lead to around, it's around that 10-point spot, but they're hanging around, hanging around, and the offense looked terrible. The Raptors couldn't get anything to go at all. And sorry, to, to be honest, I think someone hit a three at the end of the quarter, and that cut the Raptors' lead to just six points after three. And Nick Nurse could have panicked. He could have done some lineup juggling, to start the fourth quarter, but instead he came back with the exact same unit, and to their credit, they came back with a lot more energy. Norm got on the glass, or I don't know if it was Siakam, one of them tapped it back in for a good bucket, and they did a better job of turning the ball over on getting bent more stops. OG hit a big three, Malcolm Miller hit a big three, and then this was LeBron checked back in the game at that point. The Raps got the lead back up to 13, and what do you know, it was 101-88 with under seven minutes to go. This all while Kawhi, Gasol, and Danny Green were all on the bench. Kawhi came back in, but by that point, the game was essentially over. He didn't have to bring back in Danny Green. He didn't have to bring back in Marc Gasol. It was jam done for the Lakers. I mean, jam done to the point where LeBron checked out with two minutes, and I guess they're managing his minutes now, so he played his 32 minutes, and that was that. He checked out of the game with like two minutes left. Too funny. Uh, let's see. More comments here from Instagram. Nice to see Norm under control tonight and shooting the threes. Shouts from Australia. Keep doing your thing. Shouts to you as well. Appreciate the love. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate sharing the love and, and taking the raps 
the Wrap It Up show worldwide, spreading the love of Raptors fans of We The North all over the world. So huge shouts to you all the way from Australia. More comments here from Instagram. Uh, free all the guys. <laughs> okay. I guess it's free all the bench. All the bench mob. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> um, more trolling of me going on in Instagram. As someone says, KD is definitely signing here next year. <laughs> oh, man. Someone, another comment. And I don't know if Alex is trying to troll me as well. But Alex says, if Kawhi leaves, KD's replacing him. Mark my words. <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. But I'm here for the hypeness. I'm here for the energy. Um, <laughs> there was a meme going around today. I want to say it was from, uh, was it Alex Liu that tweeted it out? Uh, and it was basically a photo of Kawhi Leonard. I want to say it was Bar Down. Shouts to Bar Down and my guy Dave Crickst over there. They're doing great stuff over there. Uh, but it was a it was a picture of a video that Bar Down. I'm pretty. They did it earlier on in the year where they had the Raptors, or I guess it was from Media Day, where they had the Raptors rank their top five hip hop albums from the summer. And so William Liu took a picture of that, and it's a frame of Kawhi Leonard putting Drake's Scorpion album as his top album of the summer. And then beside it was a picture of the Toronto Raptors on Twitter announcing, we made it happen, introducing the OVO Athletic Center. <laughs> and hey, my thought is, hey, Kawhi staying, right? No? No? Not following me here? Hey, I'm hyped for anything. I'm just hyped for the energy that this conversation will bring Raptors fans from now till whenever the decision is made. I'm here to ride that wave of emotion of trying to read whatever Kawhi Leonard says and take that as gospel in terms of will he stay? Will he go? What does this mean? What does that mean? It was a couple days ago that uh, he was talking about the health and people thought there was a quote from shoot around i want to say pretty sure it's from shoot around and it was our guy let me try to look it up here but it was josh lewenberg that's who it was shouts to josh lewenberg he tweeted this out it was from shoot around a couple days ago and it's just talking to Kawhi about uh how his health is how he's feeling health wise and as i scroll josh's timeline josh does tweet a lot but that's because josh puts in work covering this Toronto Raptors team. If you are someone listening to this podcast and you don't follow Josh Lewenberg at JLU1050, you should do that. Great follow on Twitter. But Josh on Kawhi's health, this is from a couple days ago. He said, quote, we've been doing a great job of making sure that nothing flares up or gets out of control. It's been great. I'm just happy that I'm able to play. It's amazing. I feel good and we have something to look forward to. Close quote. That, my friends, is from Kawhi Leonard. I'm just saying, all these things are lining up. <laughs> Again, I don't know what that means, but I'm just excited of what those things, of how the conversation just shifts for, on a day-to-day -day basis. That's amazing. Uh, C. Brown's now asking me to shout from o OMP. Shouts to you guys as, as well at OMP. Shouts to the crew there working tonight, also tuning into the podcast. Appreciate you guys. And you know what? On a game where it was that trash, where I swear this was a gym run at the YMCA, of course I have, I'll make time to shout out my guys at OMP. Really appreciate it. 
Uh, as we move on, though, more comments. Uh, this from Emma, who says, hope Kyle is okay and ankle isn't a setback at all. The thing with Kyle Lowry, because Emma, you're right. We do, we all hope, obviously, that Kyle Lowry's ankle is okay. But the thing with Kyle Lowry is that we'll never really know. Because even in that game against the Cavs, when he rolled his ankle, you could tell that he was hurt. And I'm sure Nick Nurse tried to take him out of the game at that moment. But he still tried to go a couple times up and down the court trying to play on that ankle with the Raptors already getting blown out to the Cavs. And it wasn't until, you know, a couple more possessions that finally he gave the signal that he was unable to go. So we know that a lot of the battle is sometimes, you know, it'll take a lot, but the Raptors might have to save Kyle Lowry from himself because if you leave it up to him, He's going to want to play all the time because that's just how that's just the makeup of Kyle Lowry. That's just how it is. Uh, let's see more comments here on Instagram for real, though. It's been better to face adversity in a regular season going into the playoffs than coast through like we have in years past and being blown out early in the playoffs. That is a great comment from someone named Webby 2019. I agree with that comment. And if we go back to last year, the two things I kept telling you guys to look for, to look towards is the Raptors' record in three-point games, games decided by three points or less. And the Raptors did not have a good record in those situations last year. Yet they cruised to the first to the first overall seed in the Eastern Conference. This year, the record is much better in those games, meaning they've battled through close games. And we know the playoffs are about close games. What's going to happen late? Raptors have played way better in those situations and dealing with adversity. Webby's been talking about it. He mentioned that as well. I'll plug the ball on blast podcast again, but Webby was talking about that as well. You don't want to peak too early. You just want to amp up, get well towards the playoffs and make sure that you're just in a good position. And I think the Raptors are, are there. It's cool. More comments here on Instagram before we wrap things up, though. Uh, Jamal says, big up Chicago. Uh, cool. I'll shout out to, to Chicago for sure. Shouts to anyone listening, wherever you're at. I love hearing where people are listening from, as we do try to do it a lot. Webby was surprised when we were taping the Ball on Blast podcast, and I was reading out uh, the different cities that are like, where we get the most listens from and he was surprised to hear because i was shouting out like surrey bc and he was just stunned by that <laughs> I'm like hey man raptors fans are everywhere don't let them fool you they want to tell you that you guys don't exist they want to tell us that all the time but we know better right <laughs> what do i see here today stony creek shouts to stony creek all right uh milton calgary montreal and again you guys heard it australia <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, let's see. Lots of stuff going on. And really appreciate you guys for tuning in to this Wrap It Up podcast, especially after a game that wasn't really that good. The Lakers barely showed up. They probably put in more work last night at EFS at LeBron James's hosted party. <laughs> but hey, that's what happens when you're winding down the season. Year one of the LeBron James experiment. Probably way more focused in what's going on in this Duke game as they probably try to tank they probably try to tank to get closer into the range of hey maybe Cam Reddish Cam Reddish is going to surprise someone someone's going to get like the 8th pick I don't even know if he'll fall that far but Cam Reddish is really good 
He just plays with Zion and RJ. <laughs> so it's crazy. But anyways, Lakers have dreams of the lottery. Raptors have dreams of the NBA Finals. Raptors win. 111-98. Raptors win. Raptors win. Raptors win. Easy money for the Toronto Raptors tonight as they get set to head to Detroit. Their next game is Sunday on St. Paddy's Day in Detroit. First game of a back-to-back. And... Hey, we'll see you then on the Wrap It Up podcast. And again, shout to everyone that tunes into this podcast live as we do it after each and every Toronto Raptors game. You can find the feed live on Twitter at Shell Alexander. And we also do a stream that's up on Instagram as well. Take your comments, read your comments, questions, and concerns. Because most of the time I'm here by myself. And it's not really like I'm here by myself because I'm here with all you guys sharing your thoughts and your thoughts and opinions on this Toronto Raptors team, which again is the best Toronto Raptors team in franchise history. Expectations are high. Masai's doing it big. He's flying out to England to give Drake keys <laughs> to the practice facility. Like, what is going on? What a time to be alive for the Toronto Raptors. Lebronto is a far memory, some might even say. All I'm saying is, Things are good for the Toronto Raptors, and things are good here on the Wrap It Up podcast. So really appreciate you guys, because if you don't tune in live, we got you covered. This becomes a podcast, which ends up on the same feed on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. Just search On Blast Podcast. You can find this, the Wrap It Up podcast, as well as the Ball On Blast podcast, which is our NBA-wide talk. Me and my guy Andrew Webster go through all the topics going on in the NBA we talked about what's really wrong with the Lakers we talked about Russell Westbrook versus that idiot fan in uh, Utah we talked about who's really the second best team in the Western Conference and then we also hit up some pop culture stuff at the very end we talked about some albums what TV shows we're watching whole bunch of stuff going on again that is the Ball on Blast podcast which you can find right where you found this podcast wherever you found this podcast do a little bit of scrolling up or down and you'll find the Ball on Blast podcast. So really appreciate the love. Appreciate all you guys tuning in. Appreciate the people that are on YouTube liking and subscribing and sharing the word, the gospel that is the On Blast Podcast Network. Really appreciate it because without you guys, wouldn't be able to do this. This wouldn't even be a thing. So as always, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps post game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Oh.